Hi, everybody. It's Anne Louise Gittleman once more with your First Lady of Nutrition podcast. And my guest today is the developer of a new system in nutrition called Phototonic Nutrition. He is none other than Dr. Tell Oren, affectionately known as Dr. T, who is an MD, a DC, an LN, a CCN, a DACBN, and it could go on and on. He's one of the most talented, one of the most brilliant, one of the most innovative nutritional investigative journalists and reporters that I have ever, ever known. And I'd like to introduce you now to my audience. Welcome, Dr. T. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Now, you have quite a bio, quite a resume, and I certainly couldn't tackle everything, but tell us very briefly about your interest in nutrition, the environment, and what is phototonic nutrition? Well, um, actually, it's photonic nutrition, uh, which is um, one of the many things that I consider essential for health and life itself. Uh, when we talk about what's fundamental to our life and what makes us tick, what makes us healthy, what makes us um, open, turn on all of our genes that are promoting longevity and vitality and vigor, there are very few things that come close to photonic nutrition. That is basically the sum of all the different nutrients, which I call photonutrients, Photo is P-H-O-T-O. Photonic nutrition symbolizes all of the photons that are supposed to come in contact with our body and that are stimulating the production of hundreds, if not thousands, of nutrients and metabolic byproducts within our skin and retina. And those are the photons of the sun. The sun is the source of life on earth and humans, very much like plants, are manufacturing thousands of nutrients that are crucial for our survival and for our vitality, just like plants do photosynthesis uh, in order to create their own building blocks. We don't do photosynthesis, obviously, or we would be green. Hmm. but we do many other things. And uh, unfortunately, people have relegated the sun to nothing more than a source for vitamin D. That's a big, big mistake, uh, as, as we can discuss later. Uh, so photonic nutrition is just one out of several things that I consider fundamental to health. And if people are trying to invest in their health by buying superfoods and by uh, exercising and drinking certain things, uh, trying to do what they're told by their holistic doctors and nutritionists. But if they forget photonic nutrition, they're not going to be healthy. They're not going to reach the vitality level that they could. And a very simple example so that we understand the analogy, is uh, look at elephants in the wild and compare them with captive elephants. This is close to my heart because I used to own an elephant in Nepal. Oh my gosh. And um, actually I still own her, but I don't like to say that, uh, that I own her because you know she's such a magnificent creature. 
but she is domesticated and she just gave birth to a child, to a baby elephant. Mm. And um, she um, has to be protected from wild elephants because when the wild elephants come from the jungle, they can instantly, within two minutes, kill a, a huge domesticated elephant that to us seems insurmountable with so much strength that they can easily pop a huge coconut without even feeling stress with their teeth, with mm. their mouth. Mm. And so they are so powerful. But when they confront wild elephants, they have no chance. They will die instantly. And that's the difference between animals in their wild state versus animals in captivity. Humans are in captivity. Even though we don't like to admit that, we are in our own imprisonment with our own structures, our own buildings, our own schools and offices. We are continuously living a life that is far away from what nature would have required of us on a daily basis. And nature does many things that we are not always aware of. Uh, one of them is continuous daily regular sun exposure to the vast majority of our skin. Remember, we didn't always have fig leaves covering our crutches. Mm. We used to be pretty naked mm. until Adam and Eve decided that they should hide one little part, but they still had most of their skin illuminated by the sun throughout the day. And humans have their ancestry in the tropics. In the tropics, we would have sun every day uh, and all we would need is half an hour to an hour a day to manufacture the equivalent of up to 20, even 30,000 IU of vitamin D, which is not even the important nutrient and all the other things. So if we are in the natural state, we have a very easy way of becoming much stronger, much faster, much more agile and much greater of endurance relative to um, animals who are, which are in captivity. And there are scientific studies to show that uh, people who are exposed to the sun in a study setting and are told to run 100 meters or 100 yard dash or are told to engage in endurance and strength activities, the difference between the group that does only half an hour of sun in the middle of the day to most of their skin and the other group is absolutely amazing. I'm talking about knocking off three quarters of a second in a hundred yard dash, which could mean the difference between the first and the last place. Mm. This happened almost within a couple of weeks. So we are walking shadow, thinking that we are healthy just because we don't have overt symptoms of disease but we have no clue how much power there is within us waiting to be exuded as soon as we are allowing nature to bestow upon us what we are supposed to be getting from it as our inalienable right. Humans are not what they used to be. So let me, may I ask you a question? Many of us live in a different kind of latitude and longitude these days in the tropics. 
how do you suggest that they get some photonic nutrition? I mean, is it simply by going out in the sun? Is there any technology that's available now to provide what the sun, what we may not be able to access from the sun safely? Right, that's a very good question. Um, and I will start by saying that most people, even today, are still living under the misconception that vitamin D is, is sufficient replacement for the sun. And we saw that especially recently with people who have been recommending mega doses of vitamin D to improve the immune system response to uh, coronavirus, right? Yes. I'm sure you heard about that. Oh, yes. Uh, not enough discussion of the sun was, the, uh, was in the media, but definitely in the holistic media, vitamin D was mentioned a lot together with vitamin C, etc., and zinc. But it's a big mistake because vitamin D, although it is one of the photonutrients our skin manufactures, is, is not generating health if you are not deficient. They've done many studies on this, and I have all of them in my book that I just finished writing in Hebrew for my Israeli audience. Um, this book has about... 1,750 scientific references. And many of them indicate conclusively that vitamin D supplementation is beneficial only when you are deficient, hmm. significantly deficient. Hmm. Once you are out of deficiency state, once you are already sufficient, which means um, once you reach 30 nanogram per milliliter, uh, of 25-hydroxy uh, vitamin D in your blood. Once you get to that lowly level, which is far from your optimum, it's only 30, and the optimum is closer to 70 or 80. Mm -hmm. How do you get to 70 or 80 to be really like the wild elephant? The only way to do that is with the sun, because our skin is supposed to be manufacturing all that. And if we get it from the outside, we are actually inhibiting our skin's need to manufacture anything. The body has a negative feedback inhibition. So when you get a huge dose from the outside, like um, orally or through an injection, you are simply going to start making a lot less in your skin because it would be told that it's unnecessary. The problem is that when the skin stops making one thing, it also stops making many other things, and our entire metabolism actually gets harmed. So the only way to obtain all the nutrients from all the different frequencies of the different photons, and we all know that we have frequencies in the infrared, infrared range and in the visible range from 400 to 700, Nano, uh, nanometer, and then we have the UVA and UVB and UVC. We have all of that, and if we're not exposed to all of it in the appropriate ratios of the frequencies throughout the day, and they have to change throughout the day. For example, in the morning, we get more blue. In the evening, we get more red. The blue is important for manufacturing serotonin so that we can wake up early in the morning and feel invigorated without coffee and feel like we are so energetic and ready to go and alert and develop 
hunger and desire for life. And then when it gets red in the evening, we stop manufacturing serotonin and we convert it into melatonin, which obviously sets us up for the repose and rest and recuperation and boosting the immune system and preventing cancer and even reducing obesity. All of that is just from the play between red and blue within the visible spectrum. But there are so many things that are manufactured in the body, like nitric oxide. People think that nitric oxide should be taken through arginine supplements because they want their blood vessels to dilate in order to have an erection if they have erectile dysfunction. Men and, and women are taking arginine in mega doses thinking it would do the job, and in the worst case scenario, they even take drugs to reach the same end result that nitric oxide is supposed to create in their body. They don't know that just by being exposed to the sun for 30 minutes generates more nitric oxide in your body by a, a, a factor of at least two or to 400 percent. I mean, nitric oxide is so crucial, but how do we release nitric oxide? We release it from the skin into the circulation. And if we are not in the sun and we get a lot of nitric oxide from drugs or supplements, we are not allowing the skin to release the nitric oxide into the blood and then nitric oxide accumulates in the skin, accumulating and creating nitric peroxynitrate, which is a very potent free radical that destroys the skin. So in order to be healthy in your skin and then allowing the skin to generate nutrients for the rest of your body, just like the liver, I call the skin the second liver. I love that. Because it is, it is so important in what it manufactures for the rest of your body. So if we don't create everything that our body needs, our body becomes a shadow of itself, but the skin also damages itself directly because it needs to release the nitric oxide into the circulation where it can do good. And that's why you have to be in the sun to be healthy and to have a healthy skin. Not to burn, of course, but I don't have to tell you that because everybody has been scared of the sun for generations now. Mm -hmm, so I don't have to tell you to avoid, to avoid being burnt. You already know that. What you need to know is to get into the sun at noon. Now, if you live in a northern latitude and you cannot benefit from the full spectrum of the sun's photons, so you can get the entire range of photonic nutrients and photonic nutrition, then you have to do two things. One is using nature to the best of your ability. I'll give you a couple of examples. And the other, would be to rely on some technology. Because let's face it, in nature, you would not be residing in such high latitudes. Uh, and you are probably around the 45th parallel. I think so. So, yeah. So basically, uh, anybody who resides north of uh, Atlanta, Los Angeles, and Phoenix, Arizona, mm -hmm. even if you're in Los Angeles, if you're in the northern portion, north of LA, L LAX, you already are going through at least a couple of three months of the year where you're not going to get sufficient sun exposure during, even during high noon 
during the high, high winter. So if you live further north, it's even worse. So the first thing is we have to understand that there are components of the solar spectrum that will reach us and give us benefits. For example, UVA does cross glass. UVB does not. So you cannot manufacture different photonutrients, including vitamin D, um, behind glass. But you can manufacture nitric oxide, which responds to, to UVA. There are quite a few other things that respond to UVA. And even in the winter, when you sit in front of the window and it's closed and, and the sun is coming right at you, giving you a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling, mm -hmm. that's a great opportunity to absorb the goodness and you will still make some beneficial photonutrients like nitric oxide and some immune factors uh, and other things. So I would recommend to definitely soak up any sun that you can, even if you're at the 45th parallel, and especially in the early morning, wake up before the sunrise, arrange, rearrange your circadian rhythm, your biological clock, so that you go to bed early enough such that you will wake up early enough with first light. And just before sunrise, go out for a walk. Even if you are covered with clothes, your body will thank you so much because your retina will absorb the blue light that is prevalent at those hours around sunrise. Mm. And it will restart your whole body with a huge surge of serotonin which will be far more effective than any SAD lamp. Mm. I, and I've got to try that. Just, <laughs> yes, you have to. And even if it's cold out, just make sure you dress up nicely so that you're comfortable and go for 30 minutes walk around sunrise. This is a huge start for healthy days. It's not just serotonin because there are interconnections between the retina uh, and the brain that are still being studied, and even blind people who cannot see the visible light, even they have those receptors, receptors in the retina that accept those photons and are triggering metabolic responses that improve their entire well-being, even if they can't see. So even blind people should go out around sunrise for a walk. Mm. So, um, so that's one thing you can do, and definitely in midday, even if the sun is too low in the sky, and you're not close enough to zenith, zenith so that you're not benefiting from the 90 degree angle uh, of the solar rays, you're still going to get something. So definitely get whatever you can during the morning, and if you can at noon, and also if you can walk for even 10 or 15 minutes around sunrise, that will already in, improve your health in a dramatic way without much effort. Mm. Now, we, we have to uh, agree that it's not enough because we are obviously missing the, the heat and the skin is not going to manufacture much during the winter if you live far north. So we need to get the skin involved in the um, activities here, even for immune system. One reason people get sick in the winter with the flu is not vitamin D deficiency. 
that's very easy to undo because as we said earlier, even studies with COVID-19, already there has been a study that showed, it came from China, that showed conclusively that on average, people who had severe manifestation of COVID-19 had an average of vitamin D of, e, of only 11.1 mm. nanogram per meter, which is very, very low. Very but low. It, was not, it was not because they didn't take vitamin D. It was because they were not in the sun. So people who were not in the sun missed a lot of activities that I'll give example in a minute. They miss all of those important activities. And vitamin D is nothing more than a marker telling us how deficient you are in the sun, not how deficient you are in vitamin D. Hmm. The, the vitamin D is nothing more than a marker. So when you test yourself with vitamin D in the blood and you took mega doses of supplements, you are cheating yourself out of the opportunity to know how sun deficient you are. Um, so the, the group that was um, not sick with COVID-19, guess what was their average of vitamin D level in the blood, indicating their level of sun exposure? Was it would it surprise you. 30 to 50 NGs? Nope. Nope. It was 24. Oh, not, not that much. Not that much, which only underlines what I told you earlier, which is really that only a tiny bit of vitamin D that will bring you up to 24 is all it takes to prevent a lot of diseases mm. that, are, that are related to vitamin D deficiency. But none of this will give you the amazing feeling of euphoria and of, uh, of vibrance that you can only get when you become wild. By the way, I take groups to uh, Wisconsin every summer to forage for four days in nature. Yes. And people come from all over the country to forage with me because they want to learn what nature has to say about our health and longevity instead of listening just to what books have to say. And books are heavily, sometimes heavily biased by people who are selling products. As you well know, uh, I know you're not, you're not one of them. But there are people who write a book specifically, um, you know, to sell, let's say, vitamin D. And if they sell vitamin D, they will only help people in reducing the um, severe deficiency and making them sufficient, in which case they will no longer have severe manifestation of disease, but they will not reach the vitality level that they deserve. And they, this they learn during foraging because we eat from nature, and we talk for about 25 hours during the four days, 25 hours of discussions about what it means to be natural. It's not enough to claim I'm natural, but to understand what it really means according to the source of all things natural, which is obviously nature. So because nature is not always available to us, and you mentioned the, the, the high latitude very astutely as an issue. So that's where if you insist on living so far north, we need to find a technological solution mm -hmm. to this problem mm -hmm. and bring nature into your own home. Yes. So when I wrote the book, 
I realized um, how big of a problem this is because people are being told to go out to the sun and they see 15 or 1600 scientific research papers that say that to them and then they get frustrated. What am I to do during my six months of winter? <laughs> yes. So I decided to tackle this topic and created something called sun replacement therapy, SRT. Um, you know, similar to HRT. I, I just thought of hormones. That. Yes, sun replacement yes. therapy. Sun replacement therapy. And basically, this is a, a home-based solar therapy that provides the entire spectrum of the sun that can be used during the winter or even in the summer when people are working throughout the day and don't have a place to go out naked without the police coming to get them. <laughs> True. Um, and also people who are dressed uh, heavily because of uh, religion or modesty or people who are artists and uh, uh, people who are students and are indoors most of the day. People like that really have no opportunity to go out to the sun at noon to get the full benefit of the entire spectrum in a very short time. And by the way, you'll be surprised to know that when you go out to the sun a lot at say 9 or 10 a.m. and after 4 p.m. like many authorities recommend, that's when you increase your risk of skin cancer. Oh, that's, you, you impo get, that's important. Would you, repeat, yes, would you repeat, repeat that again? Because skin cancer is a topic I also want to tackle with you today okay so the sure, times sure. the times when you shouldn't go out again yes well people think that the sun is so harsh at noon that they listen to advice by often by dermatologists and avoid the sun at noon and instead they go to the sun around 9 or 10 a.m right as well as after 4 p.m right not realizing that during those hours they get a lot more of the infrared and a lot less of the UVB that would be their warning sign to go out into the shade. Uh -huh. So they stay in the sun a lot longer. Right. They're exposed to a lot more free radicals from the infrared of the sun. They stay for an hour or two hours because they feel comfortable. They're not making all of the protective um, sorry, photonutrients and vitamin D that would actually regenerate the DNA of the skin. They don't do any of the good stuff for the skin. They only get a long period of time of the bad stuff. Mm, and that's why if you, if you want to enjoy the benefits of the sun, you have to go at high noon, but you don't need to be there for long, just 10, 20 minutes belly and 10, 20 minutes in your back, which you can build up as your tan, helps you protect and become more resilient. That's the way to do it. Throughout the summer, you increase the time a little bit every day and, and get the full benefit within only 20 minutes or 25 minutes. Then you can get out of the sun and you did your good deed for the day. Mm. Would you tell um, everybody, Dr. T, so we don't forget, the, the sun replacement therapy, the SRT that you pioneered, where can people find out about that? Uh, they can go to the website photonicnutrition.com and sign up. Photonic is P-H-O-T-O-N-I-C, nutrition.com. One word. 
And if they do that, they will just see um, the, the initial page. Um, and they, if they sign up um, later on, I will send them an entire article that I wrote on photonic nutrition so they can learn about it and see if it's something that they need. I still believe that the sun is number one. The sun is better and nothing can be as good as the real deal. Just like hormone replacement therapy can never be as good as, as the real hormones. And we can talk about that too because I have a special affinity to the issue of hormones. And I have something called HBSC, which is hormone balancing and substitution therapy instead mm. of HRT. Mm. Um, it's far more important to balance the hormones than to replace them. Think about a teacher in your elementary school. Do you know the difference between a substitute teacher and a replacement teacher? <laughs> Think about it. And you would prefer a substitute teacher. A replacement teacher is not a good thing. You lost a teacher. Mm -hmm. But a substitute teacher is only temporary because you haven't lost your ability to meet your own loved teacher. And that's what we want. We want hormone substitution, not hormone replacement. And we want it to be human identical as opposed to bio-identical. Human identical hormones um, can be elucidated through special testing that I do that look at uh, the entire gamut of the uh, hormones, not in saliva, but in blood. There's an importance to that. Uh, which I don't know if we want to get into that right now, but let's continue with the SRT, mm -hmm. um, if you don't mind. <laughs> no, 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 there's, there's quite a lot to talk about. And when we move right. from the, the SRT, we definitely yes. need to talk about your very unique method of removing skin. skin lesions. Yes, because my people right. will okay. be fascinated with that. All right, I'll be happy to discuss it. So uh, SRT... Uh, consists of several lamps and each one covers a different part of the spectrum because there is no single lamp that can cover the whole range. We have to have the appropriate ratio of UVA and UVB. That's really important. You have to have the appropriate type of blue with the right frequency that will not damage the eyes but only be beneficial. And we have to have the full spectrum of the sun, of the visible light as well, plus a little bit of infrared. If we have all of that and then all we need is 10 minutes every morning before we go to work, uh, even if we live far in Alaska, uh, those 10 minutes will be sufficient for our skin to participate in the activity that makes the body much, much healthier. And I have to tell you from my own experience, um, I, I was infected with, with um, SARS, you know, COVID-2. COVID mm, I didn't know um, that. Yeah, it's no big deal. I mean, it was the mildest cold I ever had. Um, and, it's, and the reason is I was prepared for it by going out to the sun every day and working in my garden. But as soon as I felt the symptoms and was notified by uh, a patient, that when she saw me, she was positive and she didn't know it. And we were, uh, I was with her and treating her uh, for about 20 minutes, you know, in, in very close range, you know, touching range. And um, 
you know, we hugged and we talked a lot and, you know, she's a friend. And uh, I, I had another physician in the room that I always do. I have a physician that I train on the methods so that I don't have to do it everywhere in the world. And um, um, she just let me know a few days later that she was actually positive when she met me and she didn't know it yet. It took another couple of days. Hmm. Uh, and then and it was right after I developed the first symptom. So I just went outside. The whole day I worked in the garden and by the following day, it was all gone because my skin was naked and it participated. In, there are several mechanisms by which the skin, and never with vitamin D that's taken orally, if vitamin D has anything to do with it, it's only because it's generated in the skin itself. Mm-hmm. And then it, uh, then it controls and governs molecules that are uh, natural antimicrobial called catalysidin. Those catalysidin molecules can only be activated in the skin when vitamin D is manufactured within the skin. So taking a supplement of vitamin D for that is a joke. Uh, Or taking an injection of a mega dose is a joke. It cannot provide you with that level of protection. Catalysidin basically prevents the cytokine storm that kills a few people mm-hmm. with, um, uh, with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to avoid the cytokine, cytokine storm by simply going out to the sun, not by being cooped up inside the house because of a curfew or a quarantine. Mm-hmm. And um, that's only one out of several mechanisms. Another one is when the skin gets hit by photons, they um, trigger the release from special immune, si- immune cells within the skin called dendritic cells that reach all the way to the skin surface and tell the immune system of the rest of the body when some microbe or infectious agents or uh, pollutants or toxins are trying to enter the body through the skin. And then the whole body learns to mount an immune response based on the message that comes from the skin. So when that message comes from those dendritic cells, which are also known as antigen-presenting cells, when they present the antigens to the T lymphocytes and B lymphocytes that are in the lymph nodes right under the skin, they immediately inhibit and regulate the activity of other lymphocytes that are causing the the cytokine storm. So that's a second mechanism that's been proven already that allows your skin when, when it is exposed to the sun or to SRT to actually prevent you from having a cytokine storm. So even if you are very fragile and taking drugs for hypertension and for cardiovascular disease and diabetes, you would never have a cytokine storm. You would still be okay and you will just weather it like you would any cold Mm. or any flu so this is so important to realize instead of just taking vitamin d supplements because those supplements would only help to some extent by bringing you up from severe deficiency to a mild deficiency Mm -hmm. and that's enough to avoid all type of severe conditions but it's not enough to bring 
all of your resources that make you feel like you are 16 when you're 60. Mm, which is what we all want. Now, I, I want us to move into another area. Tell me very briefly what you feel about sunscreens as if we didn't know. We'll talk about sunscreens <laughs> and, and then we need to move into your unique methodology of removing okay. skin lesions. All right, so let me ask you, what is your opinion on using condoms when you want to conceive a child? We don't use them for that purpose. But that's what you're doing with sunscreen. Interesting metaphor. <laughs> yes, and that's because when you are in the sun, you want to absorb all those photons because once they absorb into your skin, their energy, which comes in specific wavelengths and frequencies, are then triggering all those metabolic pathways in the skin that are crucial for your entire body's health. And if you cover up with sunscreen, you're not getting the photons to get in and do their job. So basically, you become photonically depleted and you become sun deficient and your photonic nutrition becomes abysmal. My experience is that people who use SPF products are as sickly as people who are never in the sun. Mm. It's very simple to see why. Mm -hmm. So I, I personally never used sunscreen in my life and my skin is not giving me any trouble. On the contrary, since I allowed myself to enjoy the sun on a daily basis here in Florida, my skin has never been healthier because it developed a healthy protective tan and I never burn anymore. And it's actually giving me so much vitality that uh, I can truly function like a 16 year old in every way you can imagine. Mm. Um, so it's really important not to block things. Plus I have a whole, article um, that I've written a long time ago about all the toxic elements within SPF products that you simply don't want to put into your body. Right. Uh, those are, are also highly detrimental to the environment and the ecology. Mm -hmm. And I see things as one picture. You cannot keep your body healthy while destroying the ecosystem around you because we are being fed information from that ecosystem. That information comes in different molecules, molecules that we smell, that we inhale, that we see, that we breathe, you know, like the bioactive plant fraction molecules, which uh, can kill any virus in your airways as soon as it's trying to incubate, because in nature you would inhale them every second on your life. Mm -hmm. So these are things that we can talk about some other time. I can dedicate about two hours just to the bioactive plant fraction molecules, which everybody should inhale to be healthy. And I do that too. And I did that night. And like I said, the next morning, I was perfectly healthy again. Yes. And, and I use those at night. And, and so yes. he, my question to you is a, a couple of things so that we don't forget. You mentioned that you, 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 go, you go foraging. And how would people get in touch with you to, to forage in Wisconsin? They should just email um, my clinical assistant, 
clinic at ecopolitan.com to register for the foraging in early August in Wisconsin. People fly into Minneapolis, and normally we have up to 20 people. I keep it small, and um, we spend four days together learning about nature, but we cheat also. People who are not accustomed to foraging are not going to traumatize them emotionally. Um, so they come like and me. after a death. <laughs> so yes, well, but I prepare something for everyone. So after, an, uh, after a day and a half, uh, I have a bakery that I built there in Wisconsin. It's called the Green Bakery. Yes, we, um, order, we order bread from your Green Bakery all the time. Oh, great. Great. I hope you like the, the pancakes and the pizza crust. Love it so it's all organic. It's, it's all organic and it's uh, all gluten-free, soy-free, corn-free, nut-free. It's the world's first hypoallergenic bread. And it's all olive oil, organic. Everything is high quality. Mm. Um, and so we cheat after then half of foraging by going into the bakery and get introduced to its product and have a taste of everything. And I tell you, people just devour that stuff after a day and a half of foraging. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> but so, I also cheat with other things, you know. So the, the important thing is not to put people into discipline and, you know, into suffering, but to give them a taste of nature and to teach them about nature so that they would respect it and not think that just because they enter a store that says natural food, they, that they are actually natural. They need to know that there's a huge difference. I mean, so huge, no words will describe it until you hear all 20 hours. No, I can understand that just, just hearing you now once again. So the SRT, is you, you have those different lamps, that different technology is currently available? It will be available before you need it in winter. Um, the, the problem with the COVID-19 is that uh, some of the bulbs come from China and everything got closed. So we could not uh, finish the, uh, the process. But now that things are opening, we should be able to finish it before, uh, before the, the, the autumn arrives. Excellent. And then people will be able to get the SRT in their bathroom. It will take very little space. They can be naked in privacy in their toilet or bathroom and stand in front of it for 10 minutes, maybe do a little rotisserie action, <laughs> yes. and, uh, <laughs> and they will get all the benefits in 10 minutes to, you know, including the blue light and the serotonin that's so important um, before they go to work. Um, but I still prefer that they go in addition to the sun whenever they can, like I said before. Yes. You know, I, I, the technology is just because there's nothing else out there to help people get the benefits of the full spectrum of photons. Very, very so true. So that's the only way to get photonic nutrition, uh, even in the absence of sun. So, but the sun is the best thing. The sun is number one. Okay. So you and I, I met you about three or four years ago when you were one of the speakers, along with myself, for the um, Cancer Control Society. And of all the speakers, your presentation captivated me the most because you talked about non-toxic ways of removing skin lesions and skin, uh, dare we say the C word, the C word. <laughs> We don't need to. 
but I think people, people understand. I think people understand. Can you explain a little bit about that process in our remaining ten minutes? Um, well, um, the process is is easy. Uh, you know, I, I like people to understand the ideas and to think and to learn to appreciate concepts because um, the the procedure is so simple that it's almost um, non-exciting. Uh, it actually follows the principle that comes from the anatomy of the skin. If you understand the skin, you know what is not necessary. And I can tell you what's not necessary is to operate and to cut very deep. It depends on what type of skin lesion we're talking about. Therefore, it's not one size fits all. But if you have, for example, um, a skin lesion that can become a carcinoma one day, all right, for our discussion. Uh, it can become a squamous or a basal cell carcinoma one day, okay? We, we don't know if it's there yet. Obviously, it comes from a layer of the skin that is very, very superficial. The squamous cells of the skin are right next to the surface, and it's microscopic distance. And even basal cells, which are a little deeper, are still microscopically um, distant from the surface of the skin. So it's not necessary to cut. Every time you cut, you go way, way too deep because you cannot control the depth of the knife. And therefore, you go deep and you take a whole chunk of the entire epidermis and the entire dermis underneath it, the entire subcutaneous tissue, leaving a crater. And the problem with that is that you create a significant inflammatory response, significant scarring, and interruption of the circulation and the lymphatics that supply the skin and protect it from cancer. So you actually increase the risk. Even if there was no cancer there to begin with, there's a much higher likelihood of it developing in it later. And if there was cancer and you happen to biopsy it or cut into it, you are risking a spread of the cancer into other tissues. And from my experience, the only people I have seen die from squamous cell carcinoma are those who have done a biopsy for it um, to diagnose it before they decide to have a treatment. Yes. So the treatment worked, but the patient died three years later. Mm. From, from metastasis that occurred as a result of the biopsy. Now, if there are dermatologists in the audience, they're going to hate me for saying that because they are good people who believe they're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And they just haven't read the research that comes from Asia and from Europe where there are no significant conflicts of interest that create what we call evidence-based medicine in the U.S., which is very far from, from being self-evident, but very close to conflict of interest of the manufacturers of the data. And the result is that certain things are not going to be published in the New England of, um, Journal of Medicine and British Medical Journals. You're just not going to see them. But I have at least 50 scientific research papers specifically describing the process by which a biopsy leads to metastasis through the spreading 
of tumorous cells into the circulation. And one aspect of it, which you can all search for, so you don't take my word for it, because I believe in reading and learning from the science and not closing our mind just because it's convenient. Yes. So if we open our mind and we are willing to look, suddenly a whole world opens of knowledge that can be shocking at first, but we have to weather it if we are truth seekers. Mm -hmm. We have no choice. Correct. So when you look, when you look at those studies, you see something called needle tracking. Look it up, you'll find needle tracking. Um, and there are studies showing specifically how, for example, when you remove portions of a prostate cancer for which the needles are inserted through the large, through the rectum, you have a very high risk in many cases of developing prostate cancer right on the wall of the rectum, exactly through the tracking of the needle back away from the prostate. As we remove the needle, we take it back and it drags with it cancer cells from the prostate affecting the rectum. Not a very good, not a pleasing thought. No. So, so this is a, a, an example of how a biopsy could lead to a disaster. And most of the skin cancers that are not lethal, like the carcinomas, rarely kill anyone. They're not true cancers. Even the dermatology professors are telling their colleagues to stop calling those cancers to avoid scaring people and to just call it a carcinoma in situ or localized carcinoma which would never kill anyone, but only disfigure a little bit. And for that, they often do surgeries that are far more disfiguring than their lesion was. Um, so instead of doing that, all you need to do is go superficially without cutting, without invading, without causing any blood to come out and to in be introduced some potentially malignant cells into it. You just dry the whole area with an escarotic liquid, which is an acidic compound that is pretty well known, mm -hmm. um, that can simply be put in the right way and in the right quantity. And this is what I trained physicians all over the country to do. So we have skin clinics throughout California and Cleveland and New York, New Jersey, Florida and other places, but not all over the country, because I'm only one person and I cannot train too many physicians at the same time. Um, a physician can only be certified by me to do this method after they have seen 150 people with me, mm. so that I could explain and teach them everything they need to know to at least see 90% of the cases. And then after another year or two years, they can see the next 9%. And after maybe seven years, they might be able to handle 99.9%. Mm. The rest they will just leave to me when I happen to be in the area or they will send them to me uh, when, I, when I do a training for another doctor. Um, so, but most of these lesions that could become um, one day a carcinoma um, are so simple to dry out. It's like a cosmetic procedure. You just apply the liquid from the outside with a toothpick, 
and um, you don't invade, so it's an alternative procedure, it's not a medical procedure. Uh, it's totally alternative, it just dries the lesion predictably and um, it simply becomes a scab and falls off. But more important is melanoma, mm -hmm. because melanoma is really a cancer. It's a real metastatic lethal cancer that people should be aware of. And I have uh, about 100 studies showing that melanoma risk diminishes dramatically with sun exposure. Mm. The more sun you have, the less melanoma you'll have. Mm. Uh, it is so obvious to the scientists that even back 60, 70 years ago, some doctors thought that in order to eliminate the risk of melanoma, they have to induce a carcinoma. Because they found that people who are in the sun a lot and develop carcinoma as a result of the sun's contribution to the carcinoma, they um, never had a melanoma. And until today, in all the studies of farmers and people who are outdoors all day long, and, and people who used to be burnt in their childhood, these people never get melanoma. Mm. They only get carcinoma. Mm. And that's why melanoma is extremely rare on the face because the face is in the sun all the time. And right. that's why 50% of melanomas in women are on the sides, are on the, the thighs. upper sides, which true. are not in the sun. Right, so right, it, right. it makes no sense. It's counterintuitive to say otherwise, but people have been brainwashed by the sun protection industry and the dermatologists who tell them that the sun is so evil under all circumstances. And by doing that, they just turn everybody into, into sickly people. Yes. And then there's a lot of work for all the cardiologists and oncologists and, you know, 20 types of cancer are dramatically at least, uh, at least twice as much risk from in, insufficient sun exposure. Um, and for every person in the U.S. that presumably dies as a result of excessive sun exposure, guess how many die from insufficient sun exposure? An enormous amount. 328. Oh my goodness. It's been, it's been studied. Oh my so goodness. people are so afraid of the sun for a risk of 328 times greater of death when the only death from the sun is metastasized squamous cell carcinoma, which is very rare, but only occurs when you do a biopsy or when you take a immune suppressing drug after organ transplant. Uh -huh. These are the only cases that could develop metastasis from a squamous cell carcinoma. So it's so rare and it's so easy to eliminate at any phase, but melanoma is a different story. And melanoma is growing in popularity, meaning in, uh, in rate, in extent in our population. And this is so easy to eliminate as a risk. Um, so easy, as easy as it is to eliminate the risk of colorectal cancer. Which is, another, cancer. Which, is, which is another topic we're going to have to save for another podcast because you have a okay. special, you've got a special test, but it deserves an entire podcast. I'm going to stop right, you. Right. I'm going to stop you here and have our people come back for more, perhaps in a couple of weeks. And I want to thank you so much for enlightening everybody, literally and figuratively. I'm not 
I'm not enlightening. The sun is enlightening. <laughs> the sun. <laughs> well, you're the, you're the vehicle. Think, you're the vehicle. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an old vehicle. Let, <laughs> let, me just say, let me just say before we, we go, I want people to know that I have uh, a new German test for uh, COVID-19. Uh, it's an antibody test that's very cheap and the, the most accurate from Roche, Roche company from Switzerland. Uh, it's the most accurate test in the world and it will tell you if you've been exposed and if you are immune. So that if somebody in the future tells you that you have to get a vaccine, you will be able to say, look, I have elevated antibodies, which means I've been exposed and I have acquired immunity and therefore I don't need the vaccine. How do people get a hold of that, Dr. T? Just send an email to uh, clinic at ecopoetin.com, the same one I gave you before, and um, you can receive the kit at your own home or the instruction to go to any lab and send the, uh, the, the serum to, to us so that we can send it to Germany. And that's it's on the same sheet that uh, the new, I have a brand new sheet for the stool test uh, with some new parameters that um, people will be able to see at the same time. Well, you offer so many enlightening and truly en enlightening services and testings and foraging, as well as your trips to Nepal, that I invite everybody to visit you at echopolitan.com. And I want to thank you thank again you. for being my guest. I want to welcome everybody. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being such a beacon of uh, what's common sense and what's logical in, in health and nutrition. Well, I Thank try. You. Thank you so much. So this is Anne Louise Gittleman saying goodbye. Good luck. God bless. We'll see you next time for another episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast.